Hello, and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm Emma Cantor, Associate Children's Book Editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with author Yorma Tacconi about his debut picture book, Little Fox and the Wild Imagination, illustrated by Dan Santat. The book is due out September 8th from Macmillan's Roaring Brook Press, which is sponsoring this podcast. Yorma Tacconi is a member of the hit comedy trio The Lonely Island, along with Andy Samberg and Akiva Schaffer. Together, they also created more than 60 Saturday Night Live digital shorts. This is Tacconi's debut book. In Little Fox and the Wild Imagination, Little Fox needs cheering up after a tough day at school, and Papa Fox knows just what to do. Soon the two of them are turning everyday activities, like riding the bus and going for ice cream, into an epic game of make-believe. But once the boy unleashes his imagination, there's no turning back. Thank you for joining me, Orma. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you for calling me, one, an author, and two, for saying that our comedy troupe was a hit. I appreciate both of those descriptions. Excellent. Well, they're apt descriptions. <laughs> thank you. What was the inspiration for this wacky father-son story? Uh, as most people who become parents, it was becoming a parent that made me um, want to write this this children's book. I have a five-year-old. His name is Wiley. Uh, he's incredibly imaginative, as most five-year-olds are. And I am a dad who loves loves playing with my kid, but I also get completely sucked into his imagination and sort of am either trying to one-up him or or really get deep into what it is that he wants to imagine. Um, and that can create problems as well for any parent who any parent ever knows uh imagination can kind of spin out of control so it's sort of the fun of of diving deep into the imagination of a child but then also the moment where you're like okay but now i have to make dinner like there are things that are happening that we can't just imagine forever um and so like that that kind of moment so like and they are sort of the most wonderful for me father son father kid moments of all of like, what did I get myself into? I was the one who was playing this game, going really deep into it and then completely let it spiral out of control when I realized that dinner's late and you haven't had a bath yet and you get, you have to listen as well. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the fun uh, of parenting that, that can kind of drive you crazy as well. Once you had the idea in mind, how did you go about writing your first picture book text? I've always loved children's books. I grew up with a mother who's a graphic designer. She designed kids' books um, while I was growing up, and she worked for a company called Peaceable Kingdom Press, uh, which does amazing work. They they produce a, a wonderful greeting cards and games for kids that are really age appropriate, and and um, they work with tons of children's book illustrators. and um, And so I always just loved 
going to her work. And in the beginning, you know, when, when I was growing up, it was all done with like exacto blades and all, you know, like really tactile kind of like how you format and design a book. And, um, and nowadays obviously everything's on the computer, but I just loved that world. And I made my own audio recordings and things like that when I was growing up, always wanting to make little stories and things. And so that obviously has filtered into my work as a comedian and working on Saturday night live and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh, when I was first setting out to write this book, I was sort of poking fun at the runaway bunny, which is the man who illustrated Goodnight Moon. It's like sort of a follow up of right. that team. Clement Heard. Clement Heard, yes. And weirdly, his great grandson or his grandson, I believe, is the person who started Peaceable Kingdom Press that my mom then then worked for. So the in the Runaway Bunny, it's a very sweet story about like a mother who's reading to her kid and her and the bunny says, I'm gonna run away from you. And she says, She says, Ah, oh, but if you run away and and you fly to a mountaintop and you're a bird, then I'll become a mountain climber and I'll come to, to uh, see you in your nest. And well, then I'll become a fish. And well, then I'll become a fisherman and I'll fish for you and I'll come find you. And at the end, he realizes that, well, I might as well just stay here and, and be your little bunny. And it's very sweet. Um, but it's not exactly how my kid talks to me. My kid <laughs> had the quote, which is in the book, which was, he, he would always say, I will put you in a mail truck and throw you in the ocean and a shark will eat you all gone. And that was more of his playful way of saying, I love you sort of thing. And so the original text was a little bit more about like all of the semi horrible things that my son says to me. Um, and then I, I you know, I will offer you throw me into the garbage, then I'll become a garbage man and I'll d deliver you to my door. And like, and it was fun and funny, but it, w it felt like a, it felt like a novelty book, honestly. And I, I sent it to Dan Santat, who my mother suggested, and I had seen his work before and was like over the moon. I mean, he's an incredibly talented illustrator. But Dan really liked the, the premise of the book of imagination and playing with the kid. So Dan put me in touch with a manager at, at a writer's house named Jody Reamer. And Jody uh, decided to represent me, which was really exciting. And then I started working with Roaring Brook. It's basically Dan's whole team. Like Dan is, is a huge reason that this book exists because um, he totally believed in, in this and was really psyched to work with me. And I, I couldn't believe that he was willing to. And then I, I met Connie um, over at Roaring Brook and she's fantastic. She's a fantastic editor. And she was like, there's something more here. Don't go with the easy joke of this. Like, like what is it that you want to say? And she really, I would say, kicked my tush around for about a year. And I really worked hard to try to have this feel like it was it was not a novelty book. It was really like the, the, the connection between the father and son felt like one that people could relate to and one I could see myself in and that the story felt sweet and imaginative and lively and fun and, and moved, you know, all over the place, but still came back to the grounding um, feeling of uh, being a bedtime book as well. And so it sort of ends very sweetly and, and goes through this whole adventure and then comes back to, to being able to put your kid to bed <laughs> as you read it. You mentioned that you requested specifically working with Dan Santat. I'm curious, were the two of you in touch at all? Did you go back and forth once you started working on the story? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, Dan's a Caldecott winner. Like, I mean, I was, I was, you know, dealing with somebody who was a, a veteran in the game, so to speak. So, and that was another reason for me really re- wanting to not just like have this be like, I wrote a book, there it is, whatever. Like I, I wanted to try to learn this format and really come up with something that, that everyone could feel proud of. So yeah, like throughout the process, Dan was incredibly generous with his time. I, I would write things and, and, you know, when they would get far, far enough along with certain drafts, I would send them along to, to Dan. And he, um, you know, and then he, he was kind enough to do the same thing with illustrations. Like, you know, I got to, to weigh in on a lot of that. And in fact, like when it hits the illustration phase, you know, you realize, once it's on the page of what what's working and what's not, and it's really um, the the hardest thing to crack in the story was the sort of apex of it of the moment where where imagination runs wild, and then the the father fox has to has to kind of reel in his kid at that point. So so you know we went back and forth, and there were whole other um, things that got taken out, and you know flying through the top of a bus and a rocket ship and a, and like all these all these things that that. It was interesting what worked and what didn't, and and um, yeah. So it's been it's been an incredible learning experience for me. I, I feel so incredibly lucky to have a team like um, Connie at, at Roaring Brook. The whole Roaring Brook team is so good at what they do, um, and then Dan's just been indispensable um, in terms of like his both his guidance, but also just his willingness to to you know redraw things, and and um, he's also incredibly fast. So. Yeah, it's been it's been a joy. Coming from a comedy background, you've collaborated on some classic SNL shorts, including Lazy Sunday, and I'd name a few others, but maybe they're less suitable for children. Yeah, you could say that. Um, what was it like bringing your humor to the picture book form? Uh, yes, you are you are right in that I would say a majority of our shorts, which by the way, there were over a hundred of at SNL, not to like call you on the research or anything, but there is actually a hundredth oh, wow. digital short that you can, you can look up as well. Yeah. <laughs> that, that touts all of the foul things that we made on Saturday Night Live. Um, yes, no, uh, with, with my group, uh, the Lonely Island, we've known each other forever since like junior high. Um, I've, I've known both Andy and Akiva. And so our sense of humor has, I would say matured together, but it hasn't really matured. Maybe it's immatured together. Um, and, uh, so maybe that's ripe for a children's book. Obviously this is, uh, meant to be both sweet and kind and, um, and imaginative and full of life in a way that I feel like a lot of our shorts, uh, and movies do have a lot of energy and seem very full of life. So I would say that that, that, you know, is, is very similar, but no, there is no cursing. There's nothing offensive about this. And it wasn't like I had to, um, hold back from that because I did, as I said, want this to be something that both children and adults could enjoy in a, in a real way and have it be, um, hopefully something that feels like it's, uh, you know, like a, a, a book that you want to read for years. Um, not to say that it wouldn't do really well, I guess, if there was some bodily fluids or some other like a uh, foul thing that I would add to it, but I don't, I don't think it would. I feel like it would be a real throwaway novelty book at that point. And you really show that curses aren't always necessary. I mean, little Fox, when he just says, that's so expressive. 
Yeah, absolutely. It was really meant to be more of a All right. sort of sound. <laughs> but no, that's the that's the fun thing about children's books is that uh, you know parents are going to say uh, the uh, things a different way. I say I you know in in uh, the book with no pictures, I probably say blork in a different way than another parent would. Well, speaking of that, the book has so much read aloud potential and does feel very performative. Have you practiced reading it aloud to your son Wiley at all? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and uh, many other kids as well. I, I, I absolutely feel like that's a necessary part of the process. I mean, all of these these are these are books that are going to be read out loud, um, and so I do want um, it to flow well and to feel like, yeah, that that it works on the page, but also spoken. Hi, wait one one second. Wiley wants to say hi. <laughs> Wiley, can I ask one question about the book because this is about Little Fox and the Wild Imagination? What did you used to say to me when you were a kid, like when you were three years old? What was your quote about the mail truck? Knowing you to fly in the ocean and fly, and knowing you to play with the truck and fly in the ocean and the truck will eat you all gone. Can you say it one more time? Now I'm gonna put you in the ocean. Fly in the truck and the truck will eat you all gone. Yeah, and you thought it was wow. so funny, right? So funny. F- funny to make fun of dad, huh? Okay. Guess what? All right, here I got to finish this. Uh, all right, love you. Nice to have a. A special guest. <laughs> uh, my point was, is that, oh, is that I really wanted in the writing process to have the books because they are going to be read out loud for it to feel kind of intuitive of how you would inflect. Like I thought BJ Novak's book was incredibly good at that of just, you know, how to say the words as a parent because of the way he's laid out sentences. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people I totally respect in the children's book um, game. I would say <laughs> like uh, there, there's just so many people that I looked at who I, I think are just perfection. And so I'm, I'm dabbling into this world, but I, I really have loved doing it. I, it's been super rewarding. Well, not to bring the conversation down too much, but the pandemic has obviously had a devastating global impact and even your book's premise of of father and child returning home from school seems almost fantastical now as families are sheltering in place. Uh, how has your work and your day-to-day life been affected? Uh, it's it's like everyone else's in terms of like maintaining uh, your sanity of trying to, I think, for a lot of parents, homeschool and then try to have your own time during the day to get 45 minutes to two hours of work done if you're lucky. Um, and and it's, it's really difficult. And then I absolutely... Uh, my heart breaks for people who don't have jobs and aren't even able to do that. Um, and I, I, you know, so I'm, I'm, I think I would consider myself one of the very, very lucky ones who's my, my job right now is to write something that I can do, do from home. Uh, granted it's, it's, it's movie script and TV show stuff. And so it's not children's books right now, although there is another one that I have in the works that I'm trying to figure out, but it's, difficult. And I think that the biggest thing, not to get too deep or sad, um, but there's just a low grade 
grief that I think that we all have right now that is, um, you know, there's a New York Times article that was written about this and I think holds very true of just like, there's just a sadness that comes along with, with, um, for the world and, and the realization that we are this fragile, um, as a, as a community. And I think that there's power in, in the fact that we are a community and we are, regardless of any kind of political affiliation or anything, are, are, uh, being affected in the same way and that we're human beings, we're animals and, and we need to come together as best we can, but it's, it's hard. It's real. And, 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 and then on the positive side of that, I'll just go into the positive and, and bring it back to children's books. <laughs> but uh, the positive side to me has been, has been the connection that you have with your kid and getting to see how their brain works through all parts of the day, not just when they go off to school and have some interaction with some, you know, a teacher or teachers that, that you don't know how, how they learn. You don't know quite what they're learning. And it's the, the patience that you realize that you do and don't have and learning to, to be patient and learning to, to get into the rhythm and speed that a child thinks uh, at and is processing at. And that goes with the emotions, the really intense, heavy emotions that they're feeling. Um, and it also goes with just like how they process the number three, <laughs> you know, as, as, as opposed to two and two and five and twos look a lot like fives. And, you know, like, so, so it's been great for me to back off and realize that learning takes its own time and to try to be present with my kid as best as possible. And what have you and your family been turning to for entertainment? Have you been watching any of the SNL home editions? <laughs> I, I, I did watch one of them. I haven't watched the, the second one. We didn't have time. I think I passed out from exhaustion that last Saturday. Um, no, that was, uh, that was a, a bonding experience. I mean, the biggest thing for me watching that, that first home edition was the, the loss of uh, Hal Wilner, who is a very good friend of mine. Um, was on our Christmas card a few years back. And that was, uh, it's been kind of devastating. That was the, the, the closest person I know who, who passed away from COVID and they did a really nice tribute to him on, uh, on Saturday night live. Well, this new book is due out in the fall, uh, hopefully with the return to school for kids. Um, what are you hoping that young readers will take away from the story? Uh, I hope that they think it's both fun and surprising and funny and also get a bit of the sweetness and can also understand the reading between the lines of when little Fox says, I will blast you off in a rocket and explode you into the sun. What he really means is that he loves his dad <laughs> um, because that's, that's certainly how I feel about love and family uh, is is that we have all these connections and and kids say crazy things to you, <laughs> um, and I I really I really believe in love and unrequited uh, not unrequited love requited love I I really believe in in uh, God what's the word for it just unconditional un thank you my brain is not firing today yes I I believe in in unconditional love and I think it. it works both ways. And I think that all of the love that you pour into your child uh, at a young age will come back to you, as I say, when I'm 80 and, and it's Wiley's term to wipe my butt 
And he says, no, I'm never going to do that. And I say, yes, you are. I got you when you're five. Now you have to do it when I'm 80. Um, but no, like I, 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 I hope all of the, those things come through that it, that it feels like both a sweet book with a real story and, and, uh, feels like a relatable kind of fun that I think that parents can all see themselves having gone through. You mentioned there are some other picture book ideas percolating. Can you share anything? I don't know what I'm legally uh, allowed to say with like Roaring Brook, but but um, but yeah, there's uh, there's a, another book that I'm working on with Connie at Roaring Brook um, called uh, called Julian's Revenge right now, um, and it's about a little uh, tater tot who goes on adventures, basically with his friends. Great, and I'm just going to put this out there. I think there could be. A demand for laser cats in picture books, too. <laughs> I always wanted to do laser cats as a movie, honestly. At one point, we wanted to do laser cats as a very serious but, like, homemade kind of movie. And the gaffe was going to be that um, a bunch of real directors were watching it, uh, like Steven Spielberg and a bunch of other people. And, and it was all going to be very homemade DIY style until the last act when Steven Spielberg got up and was like, stop, this is brilliant. I need to make the rest of this movie. And then the third act was all going to be super high production value. And Steven Spielberg was going to direct the third act. And we never pitched it to Steven, but I would imagine he listens to this podcast and this is, this is calling him out. Steven, let's please do that. Excellent. Well, congrats on your picture book debut, and thanks so much for speaking with me. Uh, thank you, and thank you to the editor for making me sound slightly less dumb, hopefully. Once again, I've been speaking with author Yorma Taconi about his debut picture book, Little Fox and the Wild Imagination, which is due out on September 8th from Roaring Brook Press. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast. <laughs>